Did you know that Jin's Playground has its own Facebook page? The link to join is listed in the podcast show notes, which can only be seen right here on mtgcast.com. Join today. Let me hear you say this shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This shit is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Rolling headstrong into the M11 pre-release weekend. Another spellbinding edition of Jin's Playground is officially underway. It's always a good thing. It's never, ever a bad thing. This is the Playground's 18th episode, and you all know what that means. She's legal now. How may this most humble servant assist you? Oh, later, baby. Later. I got a podcast to do. Jeez. You are listening to Jin's Playground, the only magic podcast on the net with eight fingers down and two fingers up. And we like it like that. We are brought to you by, well... MTGcast.com, I guess. <laughs> because let's face it, what other magic websites out there can you name that are going to be insane enough to sponsor this one? Survey says... <laughs> we have an ass kicker of a show for you this time around, folks. We got some new extended, some business to attend to with M11, a few exciting announcements, and a very cool little contest. And honestly, what is a Jin's Playground without the ceremonial opening of the Silver and Blue Can of Destiny? Mmm. Nothing quite like caffeine and B vitamins surging through your veins. My god, it's full of stars. So let's get to the big news. Unless you've been living in a bottle, <laughs> you've heard tell about Wizards of the Coast's decision to eliminate the ass end of Extended. That's right, Extended is now only four sets deep instead of seven, which means Mirrodin Block, Kamigawa Block, and Ravnica Block have been chopped, and a new format is born. Now, a lot of people have wanted to know my thoughts on why I think they decided to do this. You know, I have a better idea. Let's just go straight to the source and ask them ourselves. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's my privilege to introduce to you the movers and bakers from Renton, Washington. Give it up for the boys from Wizards of the Coast is high. <coughs> oh, man. Thanks for having us on your show, Jen. Yeah, man. These Arabian pillows are damn comfy, bro. Did you get these at Bed Bath & Beyond? Uh... Target, I think. Uh, well, hey, thanks uh, for coming, guys, and answering some of our questions. The first question, the obvious question that people wanted to ask, what precisely was going through your mind when you decided to make this radical change to extend it? I believe the correct answer is shrooms. Pretty sure it was shrooms. I could be wrong on this. Dude, you are completely and totally wrong, man. 
I distinctly remember that day, and it was some of that righteous Pakistani Donna Juanita, man. No, no, no. That is the incorrect answer. Guys, 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 that's that's not what I meant. Let, let me rephrase the question. Why did you guys feel it was necessary to make Extended a 4-set format instead of a 7-set format? Well, you see, it's like this, Jen. We understand that making these kind of decisions requires a lot of thinking. So we thought about it. We gave it some thought. And we thought about it a little bit more. And, you know, we, uh, we smoked a bowl, gave it a little bit more thought. Yeah, I don't think that all the players out there can truly appreciate and understand the kind of next-level thoughts that we put into these kind of things, man. A lot of ins, a lot of outs, and a lot of what-have-yous. Uh, okay, uh, well, <laughs> that, uh, that cleared everything right up. So, uh, let's move on to the, to the name of this format. You know, I've heard all kinds of names being thrown around from New Extended, Extandard, and the more popular one, Double Standard. Now, is there any uh, official word regarding the name for this new format? Well, I'm particularly fond of the name Standard with a couple more sets than your everyday standard that you would normally play with when you're thinking of Standard. Yeah, that's a good one. I'm partial to Standard with a hint of lime. Yep, yep, that's a good one too. Or how about South Beach Extended? See what I did there with the format losing some weight? You see what I did? Hey, Dan Marino made that shit happen on Nutrisystem, man. We need to look into that. Good call, Brodini. Whoa, this is a wicked hookah you got here, Jin. Let's get some of those Toll House cookies and fire this bad boy up. Uh, <laughs> uh what, uh, whatever do you mean? You know, I'm sure I don't know what you guys are talking about. Look, after the show, okay? After the show. Well, that's uh, going to do it for this portion of the show, ladies and gentlemen. Let's give it up for the boys from Renton, Washington. Honestly, despite their intoxication levels being way beyond the legal limits, I actually think that this change they made is a good thing for the long term. You know, it's going to open up the potential for some innovative new decks uh, to step into the spotlight and makes, in my opinion... Uh, an uninteresting format, interesting, once again. But, then again, I didn't own a playset of every Shockland, so maybe I'm the wrong person to ask. Can I play with Moving right along, I thought that I would do something very special. Something that I'm, uh, I'm sure no other Magic podcast on the internet has done yet. And that's talk about the M11 spoilers. That's right, this is your official spoiler alert. Alright, now the way I like to run through spoilers is I go through each color and pick out a couple of cards. Now I'm not going to go through the entire M11 spoiler, that's just silly and, and stupid. But what I'll do is I'll pick one card that I think is going to see some considerable play, and then I'll pick out another card that might look really pretty, but is in all likelihood garbage. Let's begin with white. First card I'm going to look at is Sun Titan. It's four colorless and two white. It's a creature giant. Uh, he's got vigilance. He's a 6-6. Whenever Sun Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, you may return target permanent card with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. 
this card is horrible and will see very little play. First of all, he's a 6-6 Vigilance guy for 6. <sighs> His ability seems cute, but what, what if you cast him and you don't have anything in your yard yet? You know, I mean, this is, this is a silly card and it needs to be rethought. I mean, why pay 6 mana for this creature when you can pay 5 colorless and 2 white for Angelic Arbiter? Now, as I said, she costs 7. Angelic Arbiter is 5 colorless and 2 white. Creature Angel for a 5-6 flyer. Each opponent who casts a spell this turn can't attack with creatures. Each opponent who attacked with creatures this turn can't cast spells. Get your playset now. I'm doing a look up on eBay right now. The buy it now for pre-sale price of a, for a playset is eight bucks, folks. This is just going to go through the roof. Think about how good this thing is. All right. Each opponent who cast a spell this turn can't attack with creatures. Each opponent who attacked with creatures this turn can't cast spells. Chances are that your opponent will be so fucking confused about what he can or can't do that they just won't do anything at all. All the while, you're just spanking them in the air for five. You heard it here first. Angelic Arbiter. Now, moving right along to blue, we have Conundrum Sphinx for two colors and two blue. He's a 4-4. Four, four. Creature Sphinx. He's got flying. Whenever Conundrum Sphinx attacks, each player then names a card. Then each player reveals the top card of his or her library. If the card a player revealed is the card he or she named, that player puts that card into his or her hand. If it's not, that player puts it on the bottom of his or her library. There's no conundrum about it. Uh, this, this card is, is straight up poopy. Just, it's bad. Note how this card reads. Each player. Pfft. I don't want my opponents getting extra cards. What if my opponent is playing Halimar Depths or Oracle of Noldaya or Jace, and they already know what's on top? Or he, here's a better question. What if they are mana screwed with only two lands in play, and I'm swinging in the air with my 4-4 flyer, and they look at their top card, and it's a spell. Then they can put it on the bottom, and then that gets them that much closer to their third land. No thanks. Now on the other hand, when you're talking about a card that has the same casting cost as Conundrum Sphinx, you really can't go wrong with Water Servant. Check this bad motor scooter out. Water Servant is a 3-4 creature elemental for 2 colors and 2 blue. For a blue colon, Water Elemental gets plus 1, minus 1 until end of turn. And for blue colon, Water Servant gets minus 1, plus 1 until end of turn. Now what you got here, folks, is Morphling for 1 colorless less. I'm just thankful that R&D made this uncommon and not rare so that we can actually acquire them easier for our decks. I think my listeners are savvy enough to know just how good this guy is. I think we can safely move into black. Let's see, what do we have in black? Aha! Demon of Death's Gate. <laughs> now, this creature is 15 colorless and 7 black. He's a creature demon. You may pay 6 life or sacrifice 3 black creatures rather than pay Demon of Death's Gate's mana cost. It's a 9-9 Flying Trampler. Now, when I first read about this card, I thought that I was it was just some basement monkeys making shit up in the rumor mills. But when I found out that it was true, it, it, it almost made me want to straight up quit the game. 
the day 99 Flying Trampling Demons with a free alternative casting cost came around, that's the day I'm throwing my cards up on eBay. And yes, it is a free alternative. I mean, what's six life and sacrificing a couple of chodes? I mean, hell, the old extended zoo deck started out the game by taking six life just to put out a, a couple stupid shocklands and shit like loam lions. I mean, I'm going out on a limb here, but I'm going to take 9-9 Flying Demons from Hell on my side of the board, then, or Curdape. Now, I'm not selling my cards just yet, as I'm, I'm still kind of holding out hope that they make some kind of emergency restriction or ban or something like that before things get a little out of control. Now, the other podcasts and forum creepers seem to need a towel over this next card. Grave Titan. Grave Titan is four colorless and two black. He's a creature giant. He's a 6-6. He's got Death Touch. Whenever Grave Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, put two 2-2 black zombie creature tokens onto the battlefield. Listen. When you're being given nine points of flying trampling service with Demon of Death's Gate, <laughs> you're going to look down at your cute little 6-6 death touchy guy, and you're going to remember this podcast. You're going to reflect back and say, FML. The Jin was right on the money with this one. Now, moving uh, on to red, we have an uncommon called Combust. It's one colorless and one red. It's an instant. Combust can't be countered by a spell or ability. Combust deals five damage to target blue or white creature. This damage can't be prevented. The thing is, I, I can't for the life of me think of a particular white or blue card that red would want to deal five to. What about you guys? Now, some people are talking about this card, Inferno Titan. Uh, he's four colors and two red for a creature giant. He's got fire breathing. He's a 6-6. Six, six. Whenever Inferno Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, it deals three damage divided as you choose among one, two, or three targets, uh, creatures, and or players. Now, uh, sure. With a little ramp and Sarkon Vol in play, you could cast him for six, give him haste, and virtually deal six damage any way you choose before going to blockers. But that is a two-card combo, and two-card combos rarely ever, ever work. So don't get too excited about this guy. Now moving on to green, we have Mitotic Slime. It is four colors and a green creature ooze. When Mitotic Slime is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put two 2-2 green ooze creature tokens onto the battlefield. They have, when this creature is put into a graveyard, put two 1-1 green ooze creature tokens onto the battlefield. And it's, uh, again, it starts out as a 4-4. Ooze. This card may be the best card in M11, if for no other reason, then it's just fun to say ooze. I mean, and when it dies, you can say ooze twice. And when one of those two twos dies, you can say ooze two more times. And this card is just all about the good times. Tom from Monday Night Magic has to be doing backflips right now. Moving on to our last card in green, we have Primeval Titan. He's a 6-6 giant for four colors and two green, and it reads, whenever Primeval Titan enters the battlefield or attacks, you may search your library for up to two land cards, Put them on the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. He's got Trample. Alright, so when we all saw that they were making a Titan for each color, who all guessed the green one would have Trample? I'm thinking out of all the people speculating about this card, 
Oh, everyone thought that it would have trample. So predictable. I mean, why not surprise the hell out of everybody and give this thing flying, you know? Throw a motherfucker in the air one time. You know, get up there and get in the mix. But no, you just trample. That aside, yeah, I, I can't even pretend to dislike this card. This card is going to grab some opponents by the hair, slap them in the face a few times until your opponent says, Please stop hurting me. Foil these bitches out and lock them into your bruise, guys. That's going to do it for the M11 spoiler review. The opinions and views expressed in this M11 spoiler review are not my own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any former, current, or future friends of mine. Maybe Conley Woods. Alright, it's about that time for some news, notes, and a little community calendar. Time to update your social calendar, if you will. For info on some of these events, be sure to head on over to FrontRangeMagic.com. This upcoming July 10th through the 11th, Front Range Magic is proud to bring you the M11 Core set pre-release. It's at the American Inn. Registration starts at 8.30 in the morning. Play will begin shortly afterwards. Uh, the format, of course, is M11 Sealed Deck. We'll also have some, uh, some two-headed giant tournaments. And here's a little interesting change from the norm. Uh, at past pre-releases, we had to wait until 2 p.m. to fire off drafts. That is no longer. Drafts are going to start in the morning at about 10 a.m. Get there early and get in the draft queues. Special guests will be Magic Artist RK Post, and our gunslinger will be none other than Magic Pro and Channel Fireball columnist Luis Scott Vargas, a.k.a. LSV. Yeah, this, uh, this weekend's going to be pretty insane, folks. Uh, for the record, I think the M11 set is one of the most dynamic sets that we've, uh, that we've seen in a long time. And I think that it's, uh, it's really going to shake up the landscape of Magic. So uh, I look forward to seeing everyone there. It's going to be a great, great day. To show how much we appreciated our players, Front Range Magic uh, chose two up-and-coming players from our community, Rain Laurie and Tom Ma, for a very special M11 pre-release promotional perk. Uh, they're going to be joining Yours Truly and Magic Pro LSV for a night at the ballpark. Uh, we're going to be heading on over to Coors Field on Friday, July 9th, to watch the Colorado Rockies take on the Fathers of St. Diego. Should be an awesome time, and we should have some pretty good pictures uh, coming away from the festivities. On July 16th through the 17th, I'm going to be uh, heading on over to Enchanted Grounds to take part in their M11 release party, uh, a.k.a. 24 Hours of Magic. It's pretty much all-you-can-eat drafting after uh, their own Friday Night Magic. After midnight, they provide free drip coffee to pull yourself through until the dawn. I'll be honest with you guys, I'm entirely too old to be staying up all night. Uh, but you know what, I'd do it anyway because this event is just way too damn fun. Hope to see some of you there, these are always a blast. The following Saturday after that, July 24th, at Enchanted Grounds, Front Range Magic will be holding a Grand Prix trial for Grand Prix Portland. The format is M11 sealed and there are three buys up for grabs. If you're uh, planning on attending Grand Prix Portland, this event is definitely a must. And even if you're not, it's going to be a lot of fun getting in some uh, M11 limited competition. The boys from Front Range Magic will be there with bells on, and uh, we hope to see all of you there.
Alright, my front range magic promotional duties are complete. Time to unleash some of my own shameless plugs. As you can see in the show notes, uh, there is a handy dandy link that will take you to a website where you can purchase your very own official Jin's Playground swag. You know, I, uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts myself, and some of the podcasts that uh, don't have sponsorship, what they'll do is they'll, they'll put this little PayPal donation button somewhere in their show notes. I could do that, but I'm not gonna. You know, I may be the only one who thinks this, but that, that little PayPal button just kind of seemed to me like begging, you know what I mean? I mean, who really kicks five, ten bucks through that little PayPal donation button? You know, I, I ain't gonna lie. Uh, the, these podcasts do take a little bit of coinage to produce. So what I've done was create my own little product line for the show, and I figured if you guys really wanted to show your support, you have the option to lock down a killer shirt or a hood row. This way, at least, you'd be getting something cool out of the deal instead of just throwing money into the PayPal abyss. You know what I mean? Hell, I'll tell you what. Send me your pictures of you wearing the playground gear, and I'll post them up on all future podcasts. Be a part of the underground movement today. Now, as some of you may or may not know, I have a store on eBay where I buy and sell magic goodies from time to time. Uh, right now, I have a really interesting auction going on for a near-mint foil Japanese Jace the Mind Sculptor. Uh, I obtained this card early into World Wake's release, and during that time, there were a, a few foil Japanese Jaces floating around, but not many. I think what makes this auction so unique is that in the last six weeks, there haven't been any foil Japanese Jaces up on eBay. Now, am I telling you this in a shameless attempt to drive traffic over to that auction? Oh, hell yes. But, that's not the real reason why I'm talking about it now. I'm talking about it because there is this phenomena that occurs when you're dealing with foil Japanese cards. You know, people are driven into a batshit frenzy over these cards, and when asked why this is, I just can't give them a good answer. Now, a regular Jace, uh, Big Jace, is already insanely expensive. Now, you can thank Watsy's decision to make Mythic Rares for that. And foil English Jaces are out of control. I mean, looking at this auction now, there are nine bids for this card with over seven days left on it, and it's sitting at $200. This boggles my mind. So I have two questions for you. One, how much do you think this card will go for? Because it's always fun to speculate what cards will end at. And two, what do you think it is that sets foil Japanese cards apart from the rest? Why don't people go just as insane for, say, foil Russian cards or foil Korean cards? I'd be very interested to see what you guys thought about this little phenomena. Now, recently, I, uh, I threw out a request for podcast topics on my Facebook page and got two requests to talk about cookies. That's right, cookies. Well, your wish is my command. I'm not a big cookie guy, but there are a couple of kinds that top my list. You know the sugar cookies that people bake around Christmas time and they, they put the pastel green and red colored frosting on them? 
I tend to hoard those and attack violently when any unauthorized individuals approach my stash. Now, don't be confused with the sugar cookies that have the red and green sprinkles on them. Those cookies only wish they were the frosting cookies I'm talking about. Something else that's stupid good. It's not technically a cookie, but Klondike makes a product where they infuse Oreo cookies with a Klondike bar. Whoever came up with this idea needs to be placed in a think tank to solve the world's problems. I'm convinced that if everyone on the planet simultaneously took five minutes to consume one of these little frozen delights, for that five minutes, we would have world peace. Everyone would smile and see eye to eye. Now, sure, you know, once that five minutes is up, people would obviously go back to their miserable selves. But, hey, five minutes is a start. But number one, I would have to go with fresh-baked, out-of-the-oven chocolate chip cookies. I'm a purist. What can I say? There's just no substitute for an all-time classic. Alrighty, it's, uh, it's time to wrap this puppy up. I think I covered everything. Well, let's see. Wizards of the Coast is high. Smartass M11 review. Community calendar. Let's see, I pimped my shirts. What am I missing here? Ah! Why not throw a little contest into the mix? My two stoner friends from Renton, Washington got so baked that they used their birth certificates for rolling papers and they had forgotten their own names. Yeah, it's a bummer, I know. But here's where we can help them out. Now, there are some great duo names out there. Cheech and Chong, Bill and Ted, Harold and Kumar, Jay and Silent Bob. Sadly, those are taken. But, I know for a fact that one of you out there has the creative know-how to give these two bozos their own identities. So, here's how the contest is going to work. You gotta do two things. One, leave a comment under the podcast show notes here at mtgcast.com with your claim to the duo's names, and then send an email to gintastic at gmail.com confirming your mtgcast screen name and your name suggestion. Only one entry per, so make it a good one. Winner gets something cool. Um, let's see, what should we give away here? Screw it. Let's make it interesting. Winner gets a Gideon Jura. Because who doesn't like big, fat planeswalkers in their corner? The winner will be announced on episode 19 and a special segment of Wizards of the Coast is High. Good luck, good fortune, and remember, there are two really happy and mellow guys who are counting on you. All right, that about does it. Time to climb back into the bottle. Until next time, this is the Jin saying, Sorry, John, I don't remember. Peace.